Welcome to Living Fit with your hosts, James and Karen Roberts. This show promotes great health through good nutrition and physical activity, believing that in these last days that God wants us to prosper and be in good health. Before starting any exercise or nutritional plan, please talk with your physician. And now here are your hosts, personal trainers, and lifestyle coaches, James and Karen Roberts. Well, hello, and thank you for joining Karen and I for another edition of Living Fit with James and Karen Roberts. On today's show, we'll be talking to the uh, director of the Hippocrates Real Truth About Health uh, conference leader, Dr. Brian Clements. But before we do that, we'd like to let Karen do her fit tip because we always find that beneficial for you all. So we'll be back in just a moment. Here's Karen. Hi, thank you once again for tuning in and joining me for this week's fit tip. Today I want to talk about the metabolism and why movement keeps it healthy. One of the toughest things that we have to accept is the fact that our metabolism slows down as we age. All of a sudden, the burgers and french fries and late night snacks that we ate in our early teens and 20s begin to rear its ugly head in our 30s and as we age. It begins to form that spare tire around our midsection that used to show our six-pack abs. Studies reveal that the metabolism slows about 2% every 10 years after the age of 30. So your body burns fewer calories and stores more fat as you age. In order to avoid gaining weight and or to make losing weight easier, you have to get moving. So here are some tips to help you keep your metabolism healthy. And Proverbs 24 and 5 31 and 17 says a wise man is full of strength and a wise um, and a man of um, knowledge enhances his might. She girds herself with strength. She exerts her arms with vigor. Not only will everyday chores and activities become easier and strengthen your bones, but it enhances your cognitive skills as well, which means you become smarter. Nothing burns calories like burning muscle, and burning muscle is the only way to burn fat. Strength training is one of the ways to build muscle and burn fat at the same time. Researchers at Ohio University put together a group of out-of-shape 62- and 75-year-olds, and they started them lifting weights on a regular basis two times a week for four weeks. And by the end their metabolisms match those of people years younger than they were. Researchers suggest that adding muscle is by far the best way to combat the, meta- uh, the metabolism deficits of old age. And ladies, this is for you. If you're worried about getting big and bulky or looking like a man, you must specifically train for that type of size and you must eat a ton of specific nutrients and take specific supplements for that to happen. And that is called bodybuilding. Simply lifting weights will not make you big and bulky. This means that you can hustle and play tag 
on a play structure. You can um, save a scared child who climbs too high in a tree. You can get your cooler into your car for your camping trip. So just keep in mind, if you keep it to light resistance bands and one to three pound dumbbells, you're going to miss all the benefits of lifting a little bit heavier. The second thing is that you want to eat well. Although exercising is a wonderful way to keep your metabolism at bay, we highly recommend eating clean as well. A study group looked at people who only dieted and a group of people who only exercised. Now, although both groups lost weight, in the end, the dieters had more difficult difficulty keeping the weight off than the exercises. Okay. Now, and lastly, two additional benefits to um, eating clean and working out is that if you work out earlier in the day, you will find that you will burn calories all day long. And at night, you will sleep sounder. So just keep that in mind. And as always, I pray that this message has been a blessing to you. If you know anyone who is struggling and having metabolism problems, please feel free to share this information with them. And as always, tune into Living Fit with James and Cameron Roberts today at 11 a.m. on 100.7 FM for more great and exciting health and wellness information just for you. Thank you and be blessed. As always, Karen always has some good information for you there about metabolism and the benefits of keeping your metabolism strong. Well, again, as we spoke before, we're going to be speaking with Dr. Brian Clement. He is the director of the Hippocrates Real Truth About Health Conference that is held in uh, January and February uh, each year and it's free and if you ever have opportunity to go I would suggest that you do go and because there'll be a lot of the people who, who are at these conferences are people who actually have a lot of knowledge about how to protect yourself from yourself and from uh, being sick and from uh, your doctors, uh, you can, how to talk to your doctors about the things that you're experiencing. So uh, let's go ahead and get into this. And uh, this is, a, like I said, something that if you have opportunity to do, uh, it, it, next year it's going to be around the end of January, 1st of uh, February. So take the time, if you can, and go up there in, uh, in the New Jersey, New York area and uh, visit and if you can do a few days there you can certainly learn a lot about how to protect yourself and be healthy okay here we go dr brian clement hello doctor uh dr brian clement we're so happy to have you today uh, uh you're an author you're the uh, director of the real truth about health 10-day conference sponsored by Hippocrates Health Institute, which you are director of, and uh, you, your conference this time is about food is medicine, the science with the evidence. Um, since people may not know who you are uh, and who aren't familiar with you, would you please just tell us a, 
about yourself and what you've been doing for the last few years. I'm Brian Clement, the director of Hippocrates Health Institute. And almost 50 years ago, I began my professional life. Uh, I, as a, a young American, found myself out of shape, out of touch, and in trouble. And completely made a turn in the right direction and adapted a plant-based diet, began to exercise, and work intensely on my attitude. I think that that's always the most important. And was led by my mentor to do work in the natural health field. And slowly but surely recognized that there was a great need for people not only here in our country, but globally to be educated about this. That somehow, uh, over a short period of time, over four or five generations, we drifted from an organic lifestyle, a community-based farming lifestyle, to a haphazard, high-speed, insane life where everyone's eating fast food and families don't sit at a table and communicate anymore. Now we're on cell phones. We're driving with cell phones as if we're in our living room. And our work schedules have gone up 20, 25 hours. And with all of that insanity, people are sicker than they've ever been. So I felt it very appropriate that I educate myself in that area. Uh, so I started with nutrition, uh, had education as a naturopathic doctor, uh, became a PhD nutritionist, and I have a team of doctors and nurses that have worked for me at Hippocrates for several decades. Okay, uh, doctor, um, are you familiar with any of these studies? And if so, can you tell us what they concluded? The more recent meta-analysis of the best studies that showed a 31% increase in mortality of people who ate a ketogenic diet, uh, for one, and Gary Fraser's Adventist Health Studies, number two, and Regard uh, study showing that African-American diet is deadly, and number four, the Walter Willett Nurses Health Study and uh, the Health Professional Follow-up Study. Yes, we'll start with Dr. Williams, who is president of the Cardiovascular Association here in America. And I believe the number was 27% higher mortality rate when it came to people who are on this very high animal fat diet. Uh, sadly, people get monofocused on one area of health, and they looked at the brain. And they looked at all of the brain disorders, including Alzheimer's disease, and rightfully concluded that literally the brain is made of fat, and by putting some form of fat in there, it slowed the progression of these diseases. Sadly, they chose the wrong source of fat. Uh, the work that we've been doing at Hippocrates since 1956 actually brings essential fats into that picture, and our mortality rates go down when people are preventing brain disorder, uh, not go up. Uh, number two, you're talking about the Adventist study and this is a study where it looked at one of the five groups that are part of the blue zones. Now there's six uh, recently. And the journalists that did that research, not a doctor or researcher, wisely said, look it, one person is saying the ketogenic diet, one is saying a living food diet, one is saying macrobiotic, one is saying Atkins. Well, let's go out and see who lives the longest. And lo and behold, found five and now six groups, and one was in Loma Linda, California. So that's where that study was conducted and showed on a, a fairly poor plant-based diet, 
People lived much, much longer than they did on the average Western diet that all of us are killing ourselves with. Uh, the next study is a nursing study that you, that's a very long-term study. Uh, it's one of the rare jewels we have in the research community. And they looked for decades at nurses and the way they lived. And they found, for instance, sugar. If they ate more than the average, which is unbelievable to begin with, eight tablespoons a day for the average person, just a little bit more, they doubled their heart attacks and strokes. Cancer rates went up, not only from the sugar, from animal food consumption. And they also looked for the first time in a global sense, a universal sense, at the stress factors, which I was appreciative of. Now, we've come a long way since those nursing studies, and there's been a lot more added, certainly in the international community. These are the ones in English, so of course here we always talk about those. But to me, much more acutely interesting are some from Europe. Doctor, uh, some people say beans and grains didn't exist until 10,000 years ago and therefore are not our natural foods and our bodies aren't programmed to eat it. And therefore, we are meant to eat animal products. What does the best science have to say about this? Well, the best science says that anthropology is wrong. Uh, here at the conferences here, uh, one of the subjects I'll be speaking about is a real history of how we ate and looking at the real science that came out today, not what they're teaching at Oxford and Harvard and, and Stanford, but the real science. Uh, scientists who basically looked at really our teeth. I was stunned recently to find out that all of these people who have stuck to the status quo and taught PhD students for, it seems, eternity that we were hunters and gatherers, never bothered to see the indentations in the teeth. So Dr. Richards basically has done so. And he points out that throughout history, pre-Homo sapien, you and I are Homo sapiens, we've been around in this form for about 10,000 years or so. We started in a valley in Ethiopia. Our ancestors were black, not brown. And we then started to move uh, globally. Then you had Neanderthals, and uh, we used to think that we never mixed with them, but recent studies show that we have 3 or 4% of our genetics as Neanderthals. And there were a few other groups, Erectus, et cetera. Uh, but who won is, is our group. Now, we're not sure how that happened. There's two major schools of thought. One school is that we beat them up and killed them and got rid of them. The other uh, is that we outsmarted them. And we used to also think that Neanderthals, as a matter of fact, it has a stereotypical view of cavemen without any intelligence, had bigger brains than you and I. So possibly they didn't have the same gifts we had to, for survival. So he looked, Richards, uh, at the teeth and found out we were plant eaters. And we ate pretty much vegetables, green leafy vegetables, and fruit. These were our two foods. And then he brought geologists in wisely, which was pretty sharp as far as I'm concerned and said, how come the indentations for this 5 or 10 or 15 year period are deeper? They're engraved in a different way. And the geologist said, that's when we had droughts. So to say we never ate seeds is completely wrong. And bean is just a seed. So we did eat seeds. And when we ate seeds, it wasn't our first choice. It was our second choice when that's what was available. But did they find that we ate meat and ate the bones? No, they did not. Did they also find we had claws to rip into the flesh and to gnaw it off a creature? Or did they think that we were as ignorant as we seemingly are today to get under the, uh, the cow and drink from its bosom? Uh, that's perverted, 
Now, I know it's considered mainstream and normal today, but if I suggest to any of you that like to take dairy food, be it whipped cream, be it organic, be it cheese, be it kefir, uh, none of you would pretty much do that. And if you did, uh, probably you'd be arrested for that act. Are hemp, flax, and all olive oil good for us to eat? Should we try to include these oils in our diet or should we try to avoid them? Uh, there's a major school of plant-based doctors, we're called lifestyle doctors, although Hippocrates founded lifestyle medicine. There was no such thing as lifestyle medicine until our doors opened in Boston back in the 1950s. And our founder recognized something, that it wasn't just about diet, it was about your entire lifestyle. And she also recognized something, sadly, even the alternative and holistic doctors don't understand today, we don't want you, the patient, to be dependent upon us. We want to educate you so you don't have any dependence on us or anyone else. So we have to teach lifestyle. The lifestyle, sadly, your mom and dad didn't teach you. Your education didn't teach you. Healthcare didn't teach you. And so that's what lifestyle medicine is. But these docs, pretty much, they don't get this big picture. Uh, they say when they are monofocused on a cardiovascular disease, which, by the way, I think is true, avoid all oils. But how about when we look at the real work on oils and the people who have least dementia and the people who basically are very congruent when they're 100 years old? Uh, they are people who have a lot of fat in their brain. And yes, our body produces an awful lot of that on a healthy plant-based diet. If we're exercising, it also encourages it to go through the blood-brain barrier and create that structural brain fat that we need. But on the other hand, they also find that over 90% of people 100 who are completely awake and lucid have high fats. And so I do encourage, if not around the time, or you've previously have or recently had a heart attack or stroke, that little bits of oil are healthy for you. Now, if you're on the Hippocrates diet, you really don't have to add oil. And the reason being is we have the highest protein diet the highest essential fat diet, the highest vitamin diet, the highest mineral diet, the highest phytochemical diet on the planet Earth. Uh, and so I'm not one that says nobody should eat oils. And by the way, it would make a lot of people's lives really boring. Author Chris Kessler, who believes in the paleo diets, says that according to studies, eating dietary cholesterol does not lead to higher rates of blood cholesterol in most cases. And even if eating saturated fat and dietary cholesterol does lead to higher fat, saturated fat rates or blood cholesterol, it still doesn't correlate to higher death rates. Do you agree? And why or why not? We don't agree with that. Uh, the difference between Chris, the newbie who's funded by the Cattlemen Association and Hippocrates, uh, we do clinical research. Our medical team does sophisticated blood test at the beginning of people stay the end and once a person commences they graduate our program for free for the rest of their life we analyze their blood work so we accrue amazing amounts of data uh, over decades and what we have found is almost in a hundred percent of cases where people are eating animal-based cholesterols their cholesterol goes up and we're not the first or the only look at Esselstyn's work uh, Look at all of the brilliant work that was done even at the nursing study that we speak about, Dean Ornish's studies. And I can put hundreds and hundreds of studies in front of Chris if he bothers to look at it. Now, do I think that Chris may be a little right? 
maybe by default, that it doesn't always relate to a heart attack and stroke, and that's true. It's about the metabolic system that the individual has. We go back to what I said in a previous answer, that when we look at people who are aging, high cholesterol seem to be keeping a, a healthy brain in there. So here's my current thinking on this with all the body of evidence and research and my own experience of almost a half a century is pretty much when you're young, it's going to actually create much higher chances of a heart attack and stroke and certainly diabetes. Nobody even talks about diabetes. Notice that over 85% of the people who have diabetic type 2 conditions are all overweight and there's a reason for that. Fat surrounds a cell, glucose can't get into the cell, remains in the blood, it's called blood sugar then. So uh, Chris better do his homework before he puts his name on a book. Number two, uh, eating meat in every single legitimate study I've seen ever since I was a boy reading the studies, which I've read thousands of studies, uh, always lead to higher cancer rates. Uh, the degradation of the planet Earth, uh, higher cardiovascular uh, disease rates, higher diabetic rates, higher multiple sclerosis, higher Parkinson's, higher ALS. And let me confirm to you, this is not only something I read, we practice at Hippocrates. We were the very first plant-based institute on the planet. There has not been one person who's come through our door out of the hundreds of thousands of people that we've worked with that we haven't put on a 100% organic plant-based diet and clinically observed what happens. So there's reversals of these diseases or relaxing of those diseases when we take away the culprit that Chris thinks is such a healthy thing to eat. Do you believe there's some way we can protect uh, their thyroid? Thyroid problems today are a major concern. Uh, let's go back a generation ago, a generation's 25 years. If I saw a man with a thyroid problem, I would have been stunned. It was such an, a rare, rare an event that, you know, it would be, had been stunning. Today, about 20% of men have a thyroid problem. And that's who we know of. There's probably a higher amount. About 70% of women, and many of them we know about. It's either low or high or Hashimoto, or even worse, uh, little growths on the thyroid or even cancers on the thyroid. So what happened? Number one, there's been long-term lack of iodine in the soil and selenium. In this country, it's been about 150 years that we've lacked those. And it was only initially coming from farms that were close to the coastal regions. Now remember, here in America, we call the center of the country the bread belt. Why? That's where most of the farming goes on. They never had iodine in that soil. Selenium was farmed out about 150 years ago and about the same here along the coast. Europe, it's worse. 200, 250 years it's been gone. Remember, the population of Europe is much larger in a smaller area, and they've been there a lot longer than we have. So the second problem is we invented something called cell phones and laptop computers and desk computers and cell towers and Wi-Fi. And when that happened a generation ago, this aggravates and stimulates the gland, the thyroid, which is an extraordinarily important gland in the body. It regulates hormones. It's a messaging. It's sort of the, the, the one who collects a call and dispenses the information uh, from the brain downward to the rest of the body. So with that high frequency right at the thyroid and you sitting in front of a computer eight hours a day, it's been such an aggravant to it 
it throws the frequency of the thyroid and by the way other glands off including the ones in the brain which are as important if not more pituitary and pineal glands so this is something we work with a lot we use high frequency forms of iodine selenium and a clean diet and also we have to work on getting people away from those devices or at least protecting themselves from those devices uh, there's different technologies we use. For instance, this one we brought in from Germany. It was Russian-German collaboration, and Anna Maria uh, put it together with them. And this is called a high pulse. So people alive today must be wearing this, or certainly should I petition you if you want to be well, uh, on your phone now. We have devices that literally dramatically remove the electromagnetic frequency on the bottom of a router. And then when we're sleeping at night, shut off the computer and the router. And these are the simple things we can do to help to prevent thyroid problems. Do you eat 100% plant-based? And if so, how long have you been doing this? I've been on a 100% plant-based diet for 48 years. I'm about 90% raw, and two to three days a week, I'm 100% raw. And uh, there was about an eight-year period of my life, I ate 100% raw food diet. And so, Anyone who is in my position, who knows what I do, who sees what I do, sees catastrophic disease reversed. Uh, very soon I'm gonna be 70 years old. And I have the energy of a 20 year old. Uh, when you are experiencing these things, you'd have to be suicidal not to live and eat this way. Now, of course, diet is what we're speaking about, but it's equally important to exercise, uh, to keep your head straight, to be happy to be passionate about what you do, to be in love with your family. You know, these are the things that make us whole and complete and, and, and well. And, but the diet is essential. Uh, it would be like you could buy a Bentley or a Rolls-Royce and sit there and then if you have no gasoline, the diet, you're not going anywhere. You'll just sit and look pretty for a period of time. Well, that's about all of our time this week. But next week, we'll continue our talk with Dr. Brian Clement of Hippocrates and the Real Truth About Health Conference because I feel like a lot of people don't get the information that they need, um, you know, normally. So we, Karen and I believe that it's very beneficial that we tell you why we teach what we teach and that, you know, that there's not just uh, a handful of people out there who are teaching this, but it's been proven that this is the healthiest lifestyle you could possibly live, uh, whole food plant-based. You can eat uh, from 10 to 5% of your dietary foods from animal products, but you know, that's up to you. But the main problem is that because in our current culture, uh, most of our foods are processed and most people don't eat at home anymore. So their diets are terrible and most of it's made up of sugary foods although it, you wouldn't think that it's sugar in it but when you eat fried chicken, when you eat biscuits you're getting a lot more white sugar in your diet than is normal and which leads to cancer and so we want you to benefit from learning about this and Dr. Brian Clements will be back next time and we'll ask him why he thinks that it's important not only to eat whole food plant-based but that he also was proponent of eating mainly raw and he, he as you heard him say he has done that um, probably 
for a long time and now he's learned that you know you do you can mix it up but uh, even Karen and I uh, most of our diet is 80% uh, raw most of the time and it I'm telling you you'll feel uh, much better your your blood pressure your cholesterols your vitals will all be so much better when you eat this way uh, so if you uh, think that this program is a benefit to you and that you would like to help us grow and uh, promote good health to your friends and family please take time out to uh, write us, leave us a message, tell us what you think, tell us what you like, what you don't like, and hopefully we'll see you next time. We love you, we pray for you, God bless you, keep living fit and doing what matters. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Living Fit. Please consult a physician or fitness professional before beginning any activity if you are under their care. If you would like to contact James or Karen, you can do so through the website, Facebook at livingfit.com.co, or call 336-285-5999. Until next time, keep living fit and do what matters. Thank you.